was a little bit excited because I get to preach on my favorite verse. Y'all are going to have to wake up just a little bit, okay? Just a wee bit. Maybe we should have served coffee this morning. But anyway, just a wee bit. My favorite verse. So let's go ahead and start and put up there for me Matthew, 9, uh, Matthew 6, 19. In the NIV. You ready? Y'all already know where we're going? Okay. I think you're going to like it. We'll be light and fun. We won't be too heavy today. You know me. All right. Okay. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or where thieves can break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy or where thieves do not break in and steal. Wherefore, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Keep going. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or what are about your body, what you'll wear, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will, not, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. My favorite verse. We finally got to it. But seek ye, read it with me, Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now put that verse up in the Amplified. Now read it with me. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing. Stop right there. His way of doing. His way of doing is what I want us to focus on today. Then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. Now what all things was he talking about? 
your food, your clothes, basically where you live, everything will be added to you. So this week, as you could see, Keith was talking a lot about pride and all these things. And how many of you were there the night that I showed the pictures? That'll help me out if most of you at least saw them. I think the 90% of you at least saw them. So it made me start thinking about today a little bit. And it's made me start thinking about where we came from and how we got to where we are today. And what got us as far as we are. And so I started thinking about some of those things and how we got to be from not having, I mean, I can remember, and I've told these stories before, how we got to be from having a, a dried up shriveled carrot in the refrigerator, not having anything to eat, to where we could eat any place we wanted to eat, we could go buy anything we wanted to go buy, and that's not bragging, it's just what the Lord has done for us through the years. And you know me, if we can have it, God, just like what Rob just said, is no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for us, he'll do it for you. And so I want to help you to see what got us from there to here. Because if he'll do it for us, he'll do it for you. All right? So I started thinking about some of the things that helped us to see that. Now, some of you remember... Keith told about that bill that was in that lady's purse. And, and I kind of was mixing the two together every time I would think about it. I would think about, well, Lord, why was I able to do that? And by the end of this, remind me to tell you why I was able to do that. But I think you'll know why by the end of this. Don't let me forget it now, okay? Right? I'm going to hold you responsible for it, all right? Okay. So Keith and I got married. You saw the picture, how young we were when we were together. 14, 15, something like that. We were young, okay? We've been together forever, okay? I think we broke up one Friday, and we were back together by Saturday night. <laughs> I mean, that's how long we've, we've ever been apart. You know, we've just been together forever. And he has a brother, and I have two sisters, and we had a lot of friends. He was voted almost most popular of his class. He was um, class president, all sorts of things, and, and we were both very, we were both in with a popular group. We had a lot of friends and family. I had a huge family. My, I've got a lot of uh, cousins and a lot of aunts and uncles. I had my dad had like eleven brothers and sisters, and his his family had just his aunts and uncles is just as many. So we had a lot of relatives. But now, when we started serving God, we basically lost everybody. Everybody. Moms and dads and brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and uncles and friends. Everybody. We were on our own. See how quiet it got? Until about 20 years later when they all started needing us, or 10 years later, I forget how long it was, when they all started having problems in their lives. But what got us from there to there? 
what was the very first step? I think sometimes people hear things, but they don't relate it to their lives. I was just talking with someone just late last night, and, and I'm like, what did I do? Sometimes people don't relate things to, we say it, but it's like they don't put it to practice in their lives, so they don't get the results we get. It's like you just want to take them and shake them and say, okay, what have we told you a hundred times? Okay? So I'm going to go back and I'm going to try to step on your toes and get you to see so you can get the results that we got. Okay? All right. The very first thing that happened, I'm going to review some stories with you and see if you can see so you can put it to practice in your life. What happened when Keith and I went to Ramah that year? We did what? We took a tour of the campus. And what happened then? I hear mumbling. Don't, don't be shy. The only reason, I, okay, here, a hint. One reason that I was able to give out that money, that amount on that bill, no pride. The Lord told us to go there. The Lord told us to go there. Now, we didn't think about it for three years. Do you understand me? We didn't mull it over for six months, we, two years. We didn't reason it out in our head. We didn't look if we had the money. We didn't look to see if there was a possibility. We didn't ask our parents. We didn't ask our friends. We didn't ask because they all said no. They told us without us asking them. But let me get on this side again. You know, remember the other day when I spoke, well, there was one side that was the devil's side and there was one side that was God's side. <laughs> Remember that? But the major difference in that is God told us to do it. And that's going to be our theme this morning. Either God told you to do it or you told you to do it. Okay, so which side was the devil's side the last time? This side? Okay, so we'll, we'll say this is the side you said to do it and this is the side God said do it. Okay? So God told us to do it. All right? So when God tells you to do something, what should you do? Should you reason it out and check your billfold and see if you have enough money to do it? Should we... Oh, wait, let me put it another way. Let, let, me, let me correct that. Should we have gone home and looked at our checking account and said, do we have enough money to move? Should we look to see if we had a job? Should we look to see if we had a place to live? Then why did you? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You've heard us tell the story over and over again. Okay, so we left. We did what God said. When we got on our way up there, we added up what money we had. And I was asking Keith, I said, I may not tell that, but I'm de I've decided I'm going to. He knows me. We, how much money would you think you would need to load up everything you've got, move to a new place, and start anew? How much money would you say you needed to do that? A couple of thousand. Ten thousand. Five thousand. Thousands anyway, right? Anybody got another number? 
Now, don't say what you think we had. What would you want to have? Huh? I doubt we had $1,000. And when we got there, we didn't have a place to stay, so we had to get a hotel room for a week. And we knew nothing about first and, month's la first and last month's rent. And we had no furniture to have a place to stay. Now, I'm not recommending that any of you do that. This was 40 years ago. Things have changed since then. You might be out on the street. But it is still the same. It is still exactly the same in one thing. If God tells you to do something, you need to do it. You need to do it. Then the next thing God told us to do, leave there. Well, before we left there, this was a, this was a very good sign, okay? This would be an indicator to you that you're doing the right thing, okay? Before we left there, before we left there, you know the story about the doctor. How many of you don't know the story? Do I have to need to take the time? Okay. All right. So before we left there, the doctor that I was working for went to a seminar and met up with another doctor that said I need somebody to work for me. I got a job for a doctor in that town, in Tulsa, making like five times what I was making for the doctor that I was working for there. Now, so that's a good sign that you're doing the right thing, right? Good sign. So I'm going out there with a the job. We didn't go out there without me having plans to be able to work. So we had a job before we started. So that's a good indicator that you're doing the right thing. So, but we got out there, and then when we're done with all that, God says, go to Branson. Now, you don't think about it for six years. If God said it. Now, the difference with a lot of people is they ate pizza the night before and decided God said something. And God didn't say it. And so they, they fall flat on their face. And they blame God for it. Do you know there's a difference between your flesh and what God says? How do you tell the difference in it? A lot of times your flesh doesn't want to do it. Do you remember the story we told about going to school? Yeah. Keith said, I looked at Keith, I said, have you ever known you were supposed to do something and you didn't want to do it? A lot of times it's that way with the things of the Lord. So we start the church in Branson. And we talked to this gentleman about coming to help us. And he says, yes. So we, we look for him. We're doing the church. Everybody's there. Everybody's working. We're doing the church. One month passes. Two months passes. Three months passes. A year passes. A year and a half passes. He shows up. He said, I'm here. I'm like, we don't need you anymore. 
let's look at a verse. Jesus. Let's look at Matthew. 14, 20. Mm, let's see how much of it we want to read. 22. Matthew 14, 22. Jesus, uh, King James. And Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, he had, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. And when the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed the waves tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him on the sea, they were troubled, coming, troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, and be not afraid. And Peter answered unto him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come unto you on the water. And what was the next thing Jesus said? How many letters is that? C-O-M-E. Come. C-O-M-E means you have power to be able to walk on the water. And not until you have those four words do you have power to walk on the water. So what's happening with a lot of people, and Keith talked about it during this week, a lot of people are trying to make decisions in things in their life when they don't have a word from the Lord. A lot of people are trying to move forward with things in their life when they don't have direction from the Lord. They're trying to go through even daily things and then praying about them after the situation happens and they've not spent any time with the Lord. Now go back to Matthew, uh, uh, yeah, Matthew 6.33 in the Amplified. His way of doing things. His way of doing things. What did Jesus do? Everything he did, he saw the Father do. What happens to us is, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody, the devil likes to keep us so busy with everything in our lives. He's, he's constantly trying to get you to run and put out this fire, run and put out this fire, run and do this. You're running and doing that. You're running and doing this. So you never have time to stop and hear from the Lord. But when you're making decisions about anything, that's what the Lord's talking about when it, it says pray without ceasing. It's not talking about that you need to get down on your knees every five minutes of the day and say, Shondai, Rondai. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about every time you go to do something, Lord, should we go this way? Lord, should we go that way? Lord, should we do this? Lord, should we... That, that should be coming out of your mouth every 15 minutes of the day. You should be checking in your spirit. You should be checking with the Lord. Then you're not in the wrong place at the wrong time. Then you're not giving wrong direction to somebody. Then you're not going in the wrong direction. 
It's just like this person with a job, or it's just like anything else. Every time you go to do something, you should be looking at his way of doing it. I was just talking to the staff the other day, and they did something. I said, you shouldn't have done that. But the reason that I say that is because you can't have faith for something God didn't tell you to do. I don't know if that makes clear sense to you or not, but a lot of people try, they pray after the fact for God to fix something. Do you understand what I'm saying? You made a mess of your finances and you pray for God to fix it for you. When you should have prayed before you made the mess of the finances. And just asked him. It's not spending four hours on your knees in the morning time. It's every time you go to take a step to do something. Do I step this way? Do I step this way? Do I step this way? It's a constant fellowship with the Lord. That's why he gave us all the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's why he gave us the greater one living inside of us. It's why he gave us the Spirit inside of us. We as Christians shouldn't be missing it on every turn that we go. You have to be willing to take no for an answer. Because a lot of times our flesh wants to do things a lot of times that God doesn't want us to do. Now, let me back up to some things as to why we are here where we are. His way, Matthew 6.33 again, his way of doing and being right is what? What's the first commandment? Love. Now, when Keith and I first got into these things, your first tendency about finding out about these things and about finding out about money and about finding out about all this stuff is to put yourself first. Is it not? You think about, I need a new car. It was our first tendency, immediately. Immediately, we heard some tapes from Brother Copeland. And he said, you can have anything you can believe for, basically. So our first thought was, well, we got to have a car. we got to have a place to live. we got to have uh, a, a heater in the house. We, I mean, we just made a list out of everything we wanted. Anybody else do that? Y'all are not going to be honest, okay? Anybody else do that? <laughs> and we started making lists of things we needed and we wanted. And Keith told you the story about the car. We just didn't get it. We found out real quickly that God's way of doing things is not putting yourself first. God's way of doing and being is putting others first. 
So we had to do some backtracking, and it took us a few years to learn God's way of doing things. That He even told this week about me cleaning out my closet. Now, I didn't have a lot of nice things to clean out my closet with. You understand? We weren't very well-to-do. But I wanted to have some nicer things. And I wound up, I think, with like one or two dresses for a while. And we were having to be with some of the, we were having to be with the Hagans. We were having to be with some other people. But we realized real quickly that we could not be our priority. That we had to, and we learned this early. You see it now here as a church, that we give more than we take in and spend on ourselves. But we had to learn that as Keith and Phyllis Moore early on in our lives. That we had to give out to other people more than we believed to take in for ourselves. And we started doing it. Now, we messed up in the beginning. We spent a lot of money on ourselves. We bought Keith a car. We bought clothes. We bought houses. And we were getting... Read Haggai. Let's, let's look at Haggai. I'm out of my notes, way past out of my notes, but it doesn't matter. Matters what the Lord wants, don't you think? Haggai 1. Verse 5. This is King James. Well, let's just read it in the Amplified. We'll save some time that way. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways and set your mind on what has come to you. You've sown much, but you've reaped little. You've eaten, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you don't have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages has earned them to put them in a bag with holes in them. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways and your previous and present conduct and how you fared. That was Keith and I. He told you we tithed occasionally. We gave occasionally. But we did not have a heart. Say heart. Heart. Say it again. Heart for the kingdom. We had a heart for Keith and Phyllis Moore. Our heart was for Keith and Phyllis Moore to get ahead. Our heart was for Keith and Phyllis Moore to get out of that trailer. Our heart was for Keith and Phyllis Moore to get a better car. Our heart was for Keith and Phyllis Moore to have better clothes, partly to impress others. That was our heart. Our heart was not Matthew 6.33, his way of doing things. And his way is love and others. And we had to repent. And 
And we had to say, Lord, just like you've heard Keith say, how many times have you heard him say this? Lord, you don't care if I have three of those cars. How many, how many times have you heard him say that? But now is not the time. Your kingdom is first. We made a drastic change in our lives from that day forward. If you saw Keith and Phyllis Moore, you've heard him tell. I would go in airplanes, my best earrings. I'd take them off and give them to a lady I didn't even know at the counter. My best shoes that I had. Because I didn't have much. So I had to give my best. Because I didn't want to give junk because I didn't want to get junk. <laughs> Do you understand that? So the very best that I had, I'd find it. I'd go home and I'd search it out. He'd go home and he, the shoes he preached in that day, he'd give them to somebody. He'd come home without them. His tie, his coat. The very best stuff that we had, we started giving it away. We made it a point to where there was not a day that went by that we didn't give something away. We didn't care if we had to hunt it down. We didn't care what it was. We made it a point that our heart was to give. Our heart became to give, not to get. We changed and did a flip-flop. We quit focusing on what Keith and Phyllis Moore needed or wanted. It's more blessed to give. Did you know you can skip the step of being blessed and be more blessed? You ever heard of somebody walking before they crawl? You can skip the step of just being blessed. I, I'm, I tell you, I think Keith and I just skipped the step of just being blessed and we went right to being more blessed. Because we were so broke, we had to stick our head up in the air to get air and water. We were broke, I'm telling you. We went from a, a horrible place that we were living to that mansion with a swimming pool and a tennis court. and a, I'm telling you, if you would have seen where we lived before that and where we lived then, you'd have thought, how in the world did they do that? Brother Hagin was like... Look at those doorknobs. Look at those doors. Look at that pool. He'd just come over there and sit there and just look. Because he knew where we came from. It wasn't about the house. It was because he knew where we came from. But we didn't get to stay there. I bet we didn't stay there the whole time we had it. Fifty nights. Because there was something else more important to us. And you've got to get your heart to where it does a flip-flop. We got to the point to where Rama was paying Keith, and we took the whole check and wrote a check and put it back in to Rama. Because we wanted to give more than we were getting. Because when you don't have much of a crop... What do you need to do with your seed? Eat it because you're hungry. Keith was speaking, a teacher at the school, 
He had two suits. But we were given. But I kid you not, after I gave that clothes, somebody came into my office. They brought, I mean, they filled the counter full of dresses with, and clothes with tags still on them. I wore them to one or two winter Bible seminars or something like that, and I gave them all away. I needed more. I knew that wasn't going to carry me for all of our life in ministry. You have to get a change of heart. You have to get Matthew 6.33 so big in you that you are not seeking your things, you're seeking His things. You're seeking whether it's... You may not be able to have a lot. It's like Brother Kenneth used to say, I'd put a pencil in there, but just giving. And you may not have a lot of money, but you can give time. Keith sowed every day his time. Never got paid. But where are we today? Are we in better shape than we were then? Do you think we... If you looked at that trailer, would you say that we have reaped a hundredfold return houses from that trailer? You may not know about that mobile home, but I'll remind you, it didn't have a stove. It didn't have an oven. The toilet froze solid in the wintertime because it didn't have any insulation in it. I'm telling you, I'm better off now than I was then. But I could have loved that so much and thought I had it and kept... You can be so, this is all i got. i got to hang on to it. And that's what the devil wants to convince you of. This is all I've got. We don't have much. we got to hang on to what we've got. That you lose it. it there's a scripture about that. Let's see, I think I put it in here. Um, I think I put it in here. Um, let's see if I did or not. Somebody probably knows where that verse is. Um, somebody find it for me. There's he that holds on to it, yet he comes. The he that gives, that that scatters, that it's in Proverbs. The liberal soul. Somebody find that and y'all put it up on the screen for me. I think you need to see that now. See, I'm going a totally different direction and not using my note. What is it? Proverbs 11:24 in the NIV, maybe. That's probably what I had it. Proverbs 11:24 NIV. One man gives freely, yet gains more. Another man withholds unduly, yet comes to poverty. Put the message up there. The world of the generous, what? The world of the stingy. Which one are you? 
very generous. That, that verse is exactly what happened to Keith and I. And the devil wants you to think, especially now in these times, well, we don't have it to give. We don't have it. The stories that I was telling about us feeding those people, we were in such dire straits ourselves. We were giving them sometimes all we had to eat. But they were hungry too. If you hold on to what you have, you're going to lose it. But if you give it, you're planting it. And you're going to get back good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And not only that, then you're doing Matthew 6.33. You're seeking first the kingdom and God's way of doing things. You're loving people. You, when I have to watch myself. I've done it for so long, I'll give away everything I've got. Every time I come in contact with people, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm checking my inside. What do they need? What do they need? They need a car. I know, because they just sold a car. They need a car. They're believing for a car. I know they are. What, what do they need? They need money for the house. They have some money, house money. They need, they need house money. And I'm checking my heart. Are you the one that's supposed to do it? Are you the one? Are you the one? Tell me, Lord. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Every time. And it should be you doing that. But God, sometimes I have to wait because somebody else is supposed to get a blessing. But I'm telling you what, if you don't do it, God's going to let me do it. And I'm going to get the blessing. But God would like to use some other people. I've seen it over and over and over again. Other people were supposed to give to other people, and they didn't do it in time. When God says do something, how long should you wait? Huh? Well, I, don't ha- I won't have any shoes. I'll have to walk out of the auditorium barefoot. Does it matter? It's warm here in Florida. And it ain't that cold wherever you are. You could run to your car. Just don't take your shirt off, if you know, ladies. Guys, be led. I mean, just last week, just last week, we get to Branson, and, and I told Keith, I said, Keith, don't you have some shirts? You had worn in a little while? He said, yeah, some of them's brand new. I said, get them. He went, I mean, he's speaking. He should be focused on that. He went in his closet, he pulled out, oh, I bet, two dozen shirts. And one of the guys said, one of the guys said, I was believing for some shirts. I'm going to have to go buy some for this week. And I didn't really have the extra to do it. And I told the others, I said, you were blessed because he was believing. Get around people that are believing, you're going to get blessed. You should be continuously. The devil will do his very, 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 very best to keep your mind on what you need. That's That's his thing. I need healing. I need money. 
I, if you need healing, you should be searching out somebody that needs healing. Amen. Minister to them. Take them some chicken soup. Don't preach to them. Take them something they need. Take them a new outfit. Cheer them up. Take them a basket. Cheer them up. You don't have to preach to them. Take them something they need. Believe with them. You can't tell me somebody that's sick, you take them some pretty flowers and they sit there in front of them and look at, ain't going to cheer them up. How many of you, when you don't feel good, something, somebody gives you something makes you feel better? Absolutely. They preach to you for an hour and a half and you're laying there and you're thinking, just leave me alone. Huh? Think, when you get up in the morning, think about the kingdom. Seek ye and all these things will be what? Added to you. Now, how long do you wait, Rob, if God tells you to do something for somebody? He tells you to take that coat off and give it to somebody. You take it off. Alfredo, if he tells you to do something, how long do you wait? Gypsy, how long do you wait? No. If he tells me, if I've got a purse full of stuff, I've done it so many times, I can't tell you how many times I've done it. If I have got my purse and I'm traveling and it's so full of stuff, I say, do you have a Ziploc? They'll say, why do you need a Ziploc? I say, do you have a Ziploc? <laughs> and they'll say, I think I do. They'll go, I say, bring me four because I'll need four. They'll bring me a Ziploc and I'll just take everything out of my purse and dump it in that Ziploc. I've got so many purses. Now, I have been blessed with so many purses. Like, kids like shoes. I've got purses, some of the most beautiful purses you've ever seen in your life. Most expensive purses you've ever seen in your life. But I give away purses. If I see somebody that, you know, bless them, they're having a bad time, I've pulled off wedding rings, I've pulled off clothes, I've pulled off jewelry. What have you done? If God tells you to do it, look at your income. It will tell you what part of the kingdom you're putting first. How much of the kingdom you're putting first. It will tell you how much the kingdom means to me. Now, people don't like to believe that. But when you look at your income and your giving, and it says 3%, you ain't putting the kingdom first. And I'm not talking about to this church. Have I said one thing about giving to this church? I said about putting God's kingdom first. You should be thinking about other people continuously. What do they need? What's going to be a blessing to them? What's going to love on them? A lot more people are going through a lot more stuff than you know. Just because they come in here with a smile on their face doesn't mean they're not hurting. Right. 
many of you, since we've started this, God's brought something to your mind that you should do? Look at all over this crowd. Don't let the day pass without doing it. Don't let time pass without doing it. Matthew 15, 8, the NIV. Put it up there. I'm going to actually close pretty quickly here, guys. We've had enough this week. I think we've got the, y'all got the heart of what was going on this morning? Okay. We've had a, a lot of teaching this week. 15.8 NIV. Those people honor me with their lips, but their what? Hearts. Hearts are far from me. We've got to get back to our hearts. That's what Keith and I decided. That was the part we were missing. We were going to Ramah. He was in school. He was getting fed the word every single day. You couldn't be getting any more word from any better people in the whole wide world than he was getting. And yet and still, we were missing it. We were missing it. Because all we were still thinking about was, how are we going to pay our rent? How are we going to have gas enough to get to school? How are we going to pay your tuition? You see, he didn't tell this, and I'm going to tell it. He missed it by giving. I'd much rather miss it by giving. The people that he gave that money to, he didn't just give it and go gambling on that airplane when he had to go talk to Brother Copeland. Those people were losing their house. He didn't just miss it for the fun of it, but he did miss it because we weren't the ones that were supposed to do that. You have to be led, but I'd much rather miss it by giving. should be looking continuously. You should not let a day pass you, especially if you're in lack. Especially if you've been in need. Especially if you're believing to pay something off. Especially if you're believing for extra money. You should be looking. Looking and checking your heart and saying, Lord, who can I give to? Your radar antenna goes up. Oh, they need $500. Oh, she needs $100. Oh, she needs some shoes. Oh, he needs a new coat. Oh, he needs some money for food. He Constantly. And get to a point to where your giving exceeds your needs. That's going to be our new saying. My giving exceeds my needs. My giving exceeds my needs. My giving exceeds my needs. That's what Keith and I did. We outgave our needs. We don't have any needs anymore. I don't know of anything. And Keith will ask me for my birthday. My birthday. What, 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 do, you want to, what do you want for your birthday? I don't know. Just stay home for a few days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want a thing. And I, and I don't. I don't mean 
not to be rude. I just don't know of anything I want. Just the other day, somebody gave me the most beautiful diamond bracelet you ever. I wore it the other day. I should have wore it today so you could see it. But it wasn't unpacked yet. I don't know of anything I want. I like to give. Just some cash to give. I'll give it away. And that needs to be your desire. Everybody in here say, I'm going to do, if you mean it. If you mean, only if you mean it. I'm going to do a heart change. I'm going to think about giving more than getting. Stand up on your feet. That verse, put it up there. Let's see, I think I have it here. Matthew 6.21, we read it a while ago. Oh, about the, about the lady and her bill? Okay, the reason that I was able to do that, I know it as well as I know my name, is because every time the Lord told me to do something, I listened to him. When I got clearer and clearer about what he was telling me. And he said, $347.65 or something like that. I knew it. Because we had been listening to him about give this to this one. And you, you get clearer that way. And then you asked them. Just the other day, I called somebody and I said, are you believing for this? And they said, yes. And if you'll do it with little natural things like that, you'll begin to get it on a bill. You'll begin to get it on this. It's the most perfect way I know to begin to make your heart more sensitive. It's the most perfect. And the thing about it is, and Keith taught about it all week long, pride. If you miss it, you miss it. Say, well, have it anyway. I missed it. You see what I'm saying? Just be blessed anyway. Ain't nobody going to turn down a gift. Say, I missed it, but I want you to have it anyway. You know? And I've had them come back to me and say, you know what? I did ask the Lord for this. I went and found my stuff, and it was on my list, and I had totally forgot about it. So, but it's the most wonderful thing to... To learn to be led by the Spirit of God. And, and when you get your heart right, God's going to help you with that. Your heart then is for helping people. And that's where my heart was. For helping people. When you get your heart to help people, He sees that. It's for the kingdom. And my heart was so, during that time, for helping people. Helping people. Helping pe Somebody's hurting. Somebody's hurting. Okay, what, what, what do they need? What do they need? 300 and whatever it was, $65.57 or whatever it was. And you begin to be more sensitive about that. Should I just pull it out of my purse and give it to them? Or should everybody do it? Or should I tell Keith? You get so sensitive to those things. Well, that person needs $500. Do I give it to them? No. Do, do you give it to them? No. Do you, whatever the situation is, you get so sensitive to when you're around a person. And that is the kingdom of God. That's love. Is what it is. It's love, the love of God coming through you to help somebody. 
And you get so sensitive to that, when you get around people, you begin to know what they might need. Don't get in fear. It's a good thing if God does that to, through somebody for you. Can you say amen? amen. Does that help anybody? Amen. We're going to get our hearts right. We're going to love the Lord. We're going to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Screen, come up here and give an altar call.